Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradfoe Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradfoe Show. That's delicious. We're very fortunate to have Craig Breslow, relief pitcher for the Minnesota Twins, with us. And while we want to talk to Craig about his his great story about succeeding with the Minnesota Twins, you're having a great year, by the way, Craig. Congratulations on that. Thank you. It's, it's early, though, Rob. <laughs> well, you know what? Everyone around here loves following the Minnesota Twins, and they love following Craig Breslow. So, <laughs> so they so they need to know this. But you know, but one of the things that really the primary reason I wanted to talk to you was because you have a passion for charity. You, the Strike Three Foundation that you have is a great organization, and. Um, and really, when I say a passion for charity, it's not only raising the money, but I also think getting into the meat and potatoes of what charitable work is all about. And obviously around here, this has come into light the last couple of days because of the Tom Brady article in The Globe. To give some context, back in 2013, The Globe wrote a story um, basically picking apart, I think it was Beckett's charity, right, more than anything? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Beckett's charity picking apart and saying, oh, the money isn't going to the right places. And you wrote a letter to the editor, sort of, it was very, very well done, articulating what the reality of these charities are. And now we're sitting here and we're talking along the same lines of what we were talking about four years ago. Um, So my question, my first question, Craig, was when you caught wind of this story in the Globe, Tom Brady, front page of the Globe, about Tom Brady um, doing the work for Best Buddies and then having an agreement where some of that money is going to his own foundation. What was your initial reaction involving Tom Brady, involving, oh, here we go with the globe again? What was your initial reaction? Right. uh, So I I found it incredibly unremarkable. Um, I also did kind of get get this opinion of you know here's the the, the witch, witch hunt for kind of misguided celebrity charities continues um 
but but mostly you know when i when i sit down and read something whether it takes me 15 minutes or a few hours uh you know i i like to finish by asking myself whether you know whether i learned something that i didn't previously know and does it really matter um i suppose i maybe learned something i didn't already know but but for the second question does it really matter my answer was unequivocally no um and that's why i say that it was pretty unremarkable well were you i guess I don't know if offended is the right word, but were you offended? Because I think that when you uh, took it upon yourself to write the letter to the editor, which I think was great because he debunked a lot of things in a story which was trying to feed a narrative, uh, were you offended once again by this? Because once again, this is what it comes back to is it's charitable work. And I think you pointed this out previously when you touched on this, which, which is you know, let's do the wins above replacement. Uh, You know, this is charitable work. And why are you putting this on the front page of the paper and with the, under the guise of this guy is doing something wrong? Right. Ultimately, right. That was, that was my, my takeaway was, was so what, um, you know, I don't know if it's a, it's not a slow week in Boston sports, so I'm not totally (laughs) sure why, uh, you know, why this would, would garner so much attention, but, but I think I think with any investigation, you have to look at the realities, right? Um, you know, so so Tom Brady, Tom Brady is kind of painted as as a villain in this picture. But let's look at you know what is actually getting done. He's had a profound impact on you know best buddies ability to raise 40 you know upwards of 45 46 million dollars that looks like a a cost of roughly two to three million dollars for best buddies but a charitable grant at that um and if if i were to offer up 40 million dollars at the you know sale price of two to three million dollars i think pretty much everybody we know would buy as much of it as we could. Um, you know, we, we talk about the impact of charitable dollars kind of alongside, uh, you know, expense ratios and the, the difference there, right? The 46 minus three kind of rounding up the numbers is 43 real million dollars. That's the ability to impact a ton of kids with disabilities as best buddies does. And if that, and if the arrangement, um, you know, is such that the the Best Buddies organization uh, does make charitable grants to to Brady's foundation. Ultimately, that's that's to me the the cost of doing business, the cost of being able to raise forty four or forty five million dollars. And I think beyond that, you know, one of the points that I made in uh, in that letter that I wrote in two thousand thirteen is this idea that we all have choices, right? Uh, Charitable donations are very personal um, and very discretionary decisions, and none of the information that I think the the author's name is what Bob Bob Holler, Bob Holler provided, yes. right? So none of that information was not publicly available to everyone who has ever written a check to Best Buddies, and so whether a donor is passionately tied to a cause whether or not they're hoping to rub elbows with tom brady the dollars that they spend are are their own uh they have kind of the the right to choose ultimately uh the the recipient of those dollars and the information is there so transparency is key i think in in all charitable transactions and so long as as the financials exist um 
then I don't I don't find blame with any of the parties involved. I know that uh, Holer kind of went through this long drawn out um, explanation of the arduous task that it would take a, pr- a prospective donor to find those financials. Um, I think he talked about looking up the uh, the website and downloading the 990. As if people don't look up information on the internet 20 to 30 times per day. Right? We're not talking about. Um, you know, needing to, to call up your tax collector and ask for a fax document. Uh, when when we're soliciting donations, we have people all the time ask us about our administrative expenses, our overhead, uh, our our you know percentage of revenue that goes to cause. And we've been very transparent, and and I'm I'm proud of our financials. But if someone deems our organization um, you know, not one that maximizes the impact of their donations the way they would like. They, they are more than welcome to choose another one. And that's the case here. Um, and I think that's what's most important. Um, and, w- and when we talk about the realities, right, the, re- the realities are Tom Brady doesn't have to donate his time. He doesn't have to be satisfied with a, with a grant to his foundation. Um, you know, and, and the result would likely be the best, best buddies raises, I don't know, somewhere on the order of, uh, of a tenth of the revenue that they've mm-hmm. been able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's no question. And, and you touched a little bit on this in terms of how this whole thing works. And this has been one of the things cause, that people have been talking about. Because if you, if, if the, for, the, for the people who want to look at this and say, how dare Tom Brady do something, or best buddies do something where you're investing in this and then you are actually, let's say, investing in Tom Brady's kid's school. That's That was a lazy narrative. But the reality is like what you said, which is almost all charities, you invest, the charities have to invest. It's making, it's spending money to make money to a certain degree, right? Correct? Absolutely, absolutely. So there's a uh, there's a there's a TED talk by a, a local um, gentleman named Dan Pilata who's very very active uh, in, in uh, philanthropy, um, and he, he kind of talks about uh, this idea of, of the bake sale, which is like people kind of point to the to the local bake sale as like the the ideal charity fundraiser because everyone donates you know their flour and chocolate and cookies and you can sell it at a hundred percent profit right you can raise seventy dollars for uh for your local charity and like that's great and and you know your your administrative expenses are essentially zero right but here best buddies yeah sure they spent two to three million dollars but they were able to raise 46 million dollars and so like ultimately in terms of doing good and not to discredit anyone who does anything but in terms of impact can you do more with the 46 million dollars or the 70 bucks you make at the bake sale <laughs> yes yeah, true and right? you know one one example that's been coming up because people are have everything in their crosshairs is is uh, actually the David Ortiz Foundation, um, which is they hold an event every year in the Dominican Republic. And you've been to it, and I've been to it. And there is, is I guess for someone like yourself, it's easy to justify, I think, from the foundation's perspective because it is here's a celebrity, here's an athlete, and you're getting people to go. Whereas they pay for our hotel rooms. They pay for the media's hotel rooms. And I went on the radio and I said, I am, I am not going to ever apologize for this because the way I look at it is that they are investing in the publicity of this, which, by the way, by getting these people there, which I would not be going probably if the company had to pay for the whole ball of wax, 
they're investing in this, they're getting a ton more publicity, and therefore they're getting probably more money. This is, once again, the spending money to be making money. Sure, right. If we, we need to take the approach that running that running a nonprofit in terms of the business is a lot like running a for-profit. It's okay to spend money on advertising. It's in, it's okay to be ambitious and intuitive and creative and incentivize young, bright minds to come work for you. Otherwise, we'll just lag behind. Um, and, and, you know, to, to kind of even take this a step further, right, speaking to what you're talking about with, with David Ortiz and media or, or this Tom Brady situation or, or some of the points that I made in, in the article that I wrote a few years ago, um, is, this, is this idea that celebrities have the ability to mobilize people. They can act as a catalyst when it comes to things like fundraising. And one of the points that I took uh, most offense to in, uh, in in the article written a few years ago was this idea uh, there were there were three or four charities that I think were singled out as kind of given high marks for um, the way that they were run and the only reason they were done so was because the celebrity who had founded them had also funded the administrative expenses and so this supposition that celebrities or wealthy individuals should take on the the financial burden of starting charities entirely is completely wrong right there should there no world should exist where the only way one can start a charitable endeavor is if they can cover the administrative administrative expenses i think that is just completely wrong but that's the idea right the uh holder had a had a line about how um how brady could help best uh, best buddies to a much greater extent if he didn't take their money. Well, he could also help them to a much less extent if he didn't show up, right? Mm-hmm. But but there, there it is again, this idea that since Tom Brady is wealthy, he's not due any compensation for his time or for the value of, of his appearance. And I just, that's just simply not the case, right? Right, no. I mean, the absolutely. The, the fact of the matter, and this is what it comes back to, is Tom Brady is... If you were without Tom Brady, you are not getting that many charity dollars. That's, that is the fact. And you know what? It, Best Buddies is not getting that many charity dollars. You said you know 10%, and I wouldn't argue with that. It's probably going to be about 10% of the 40-something million that it is now. And by the way, these other places, which he's taking his foundation and using the money for, okay, they're his kid's school, whatever. I mean, there are still charitable endeavors. So... Uh, I, I guess I would ask this, Craig. Why was the story written? I mean, well, that's one of the things when we're when I'm sitting there and I bought a newspaper for the first time in 10 years because Tom Brady's on the front of it and I wanted to read actually the hard copy of it. At the end of the day, you have to ask that question. Why was this story written? Because you and I and a lot of other people since it's been written have been saying the same thing. Yeah, I, I wish I could answer that question. Uh <laughs> But, I mean, I, I could certainly speculate. I mean, I think, you know, if you put Tom Brady's name in a headline, it sells newspapers. I think if if you kind of stir up controversy, it, it sells newspapers. And for whatever reason, there is there seems to be, I, I, I will not say there is, but there seems to be this fascination among journalists with, with kind of chipping away at uh, the, the reputations of, of celebrities. Um, you know, and, I, and I'm not sure that it's fair i'm not sure why that is uh it certainly makes for interesting commentary um but i think but i think kind of the the, the salient point here is we re- we have to change the way we think about charities um you know certain certainly uh 
the, the transaction could have been cleaner. If Brady took nothing, uh, no, no compensation, Best Buddies raises four to five million dollars. You know, maybe as as you said, but they get a a five star rating from Charity Navigator or GuideStar. Like, are we better off? That's fundamentally the question that you ask yourself, right? Like, I think the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it seems like maybe Bob Holler thinks the answer is yes. Um, but see, I, I see Bob Holler is a smart guy. Bob Holler is a really good writer, and I think that the Globe got onto this. And you know, honestly, Craig, and I don't know if you really have any perspective or opinion on it, but one of the narratives coming out of this was, well, you know, Tom Brady's going after. I'm sorry, the Globe's going after Tom Brady because of the political aspect of things, which would be a shame. Because to me, when you look at, if you say, okay, what's the real story here? And you touched on it a little bit, which is, all right, if you want to do a story. For the good and the bad of every of how this whole process works, which you did a great job of articulating, not only now but back a few years ago. If you want to do that story, fine. But you know what they can't do? Then they can't just single out this one guy on the front of the paper. Right. But you know what's interesting? There really isn't that story. There, there isn't the good, right? There's there's the bad that 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 is written kind of under the umbrella of a factual account of events and then there's the like human interest story that typically shows up in the sports section about a cause that that some individual is passionate about and how much time they spend raising money or awareness for it there's never really been at least to my knowledge a factual account of the good side of celebrity athlete charities or simply an accurate account uh one which says this is you know if if i were going to make an investment in a charity here are some of the things that i would look at here's where the information is available here are some points to consider but that's not done either it's simply here is here is you know as i said kind of a perceived factual account of certain events around a charity seem to be uh relatively disparaging or here's kind of a good guy that shows up as more of an an editorial or or human interest type story right would you would you agree with that yeah yeah no absolutely it's um and and another thing that's interesting is it's kind of these these so-called experts that are called on right like like Bob Hoare makes mention of this guy, Daniel Barokoff. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his mm-hmm. name correctly, right? And he's got this quote about how Brady can't take credit for being a great philanthropist because he's using other people's money to help his own organizations, right? Well, first of all, I don't, is Brady out there taking credit for being a great philanthropist? <laughs> is, that, is that his platform? Um, I mean, he's a great quarterback. I, I've never heard in a press conference him refer to himself as a great philanthropist. Uh, and, and secondly, this idea that he's using other people's money to help his own organizations. Well, that's called fundraising. Right. Right. That's why that's why Tom Brady could ever be a philanthropist, right? Because he has this ability to serve as a catalyst and mobilize people to dig into their wallets. Right. That's what strike three exists, because I had unique access to teammates and, and a network who were willing to mobilize people and and fundraise so this idea that you can't be a great philanthropist because you use other people's money again it just it just kind of paints this picture that we're thinking about this whole thing entirely wrong here's what some people have been saying or and and tell me why this is wrong that that you have in the last five or six years you've had the whatever just over three million dollars taken from the best buddies to go to tom brady's organization 
And so people are saying, well, Tom Brady is richer than rich. His wife is richer than rich. Why don't they just give the money, give that three and a half million dollars to those organizations themselves instead of taking it from having this arrangement with best buddies? What's your take on that? So, so my take is right, that that suggestion is not is not wrong. It's not invalid. There's nothing kind of at face value that's wrong with that idea. But it goes back to, as I said, this like this supposition that because you're wealthy, you're supposed to you know, donate all of your money. Well, like all of us could probably afford to donate an extra dollar relative to what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, add a couple zeros or maybe more than a couple at a, at a lot of zeros. And then we talk to kind of, then we talk to the Tom Brady stratosphere, but in, in theory, it's really no different, right? Well, all of us could afford to donate a dollar. So why don't we mm-hmm. this, I, this, I, there is no, there really is no kind of valid rebuttal aside from we can't assume that because people have financial means they somehow owe it to an organization. I mean, if Tom Brady is showing up at these events and he's an active spokesperson for this organization, mm-hmm. then that's an investment. And it's a far more significant investment than the financial one he could make. Sure. Right, like we so, said, if, if he's right. not there, it's a whole different ballgame for best buddies. Right, right. So so for whatever reason, that doesn't seem to be enough um, simply because I think it's just a lot easier to conceptualize this in terms of dollars um, you know, so no one would look at Tom Brady's kind of the, don- the donation of himself as having any real value. It's how many dollars, you know, what size check are you willing to write? Sure. You know, one, we had a caller who had referenced, it was a, she was actually an accountant, and she referenced GuideStar and the breakdown of, of Best Buddies. And, you know, a million dollars went to lobbying. 200000 about $200,000 went to the director, Anthony Shriver. And so... Initially, when you hear that, it's like, oh, well, what's this guy, you know, Shriver, who obviously comes from a lot of money in the Kennedy side of things, getting $200,000 for? And then we had another caller say the guy who runs Pan Mass Challenge is getting a million dollars. I think, and this is where I kind of want to get your opinion on these people who are paid to sort of direct these foundations and these charities. I go back to if they're really good at it, then they're of value, so you pay them, and that is a value, once again, spending money to make money. Is that a correct assessment? Absolutely. Um, and, and I, again, would kind of invite all listeners to, to refer back to this Ted Pilata, or sorry, this Dan Pilata TED Talk about the way we think about charities. It's incredibly uh, insightful, but, it's, but it speaks to that point. Um, you know, if, if we want really creative fundraisers if we want to actually have an impact we have to incentivize those bright minds to come work in the nonprofit space and you will never do that at you know fifty thousand dollars a year when the alternative is working as a banker a consultant a doctor a lawyer making hundreds of thousands of dollars making millions of dollars right um i, I certainly can I, I will say that i do think that there should be kind of some overarching guidelines in terms of salary. Uh, but I think both of the organizations you just mentioned kind of fall under that, you know, whether you say, okay, 5%, 10% of, of revenue could, could go to, you know, kind of pay uh, a staff or whatever the, you know, kind of whatever you deem uh, appropriate, you know, make sure that the charity that you're about to write a check to falls under those guidelines. Again, 
transparency and choice, right? Mm. If you think if you think two hundred thousand dollars is too much money for the CEO of a company that makes forty million dollars, then find a different company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you when so in your opinion? On Sunday morning, when Tom Brady cracks open that globe, who do you think you want to yell at the most? <laughs> uh, Pro- probably just the world, just the whole thing about, listen, I'm giving my time and effort and everything else and raising, helping raise all this money. And by the way, what you're talking about is going to other charitable endeavors. I mean, this is this is me. This is this is this is me imitating Tom Brady yelling. By the way, so I I don't know. I mean, I don't know who he, because this isn't a good look for Tom Brady. Even though we can talk through it, the fact of the matter is that the Globe did what they wanted to do, which is put Tom Brady at the front of the paper and with the with the misleading headline insinuating that he did something wrong. Right. It it becomes this kind of here we go again, or like is is there ever enough, or, or. Nothing I do could ever be good enough, which is exactly what you don't want to foster in someone who's trying to do good, right? Um, but right, so so even even the the headline, right? He gives much, but he's taken millions. Well, like, how do you compare much and millions? Which is like obviously what we're supposed to be doing, right? Why why not have it read that you know he's helped to raise forty five million, but he takes two? Yeah, right. right. No, absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, right, so, so right, obviously that that is a kind of provocative headline del- yeah. deliberately. Um, he must but, he so, must have been so, he must have been irate though. I mean, he must have been. Uh, I would I mean, imagine. Or, or, or you know, maybe there's the chance that he realizes he is you know he's he's kind of doing he's giving up himself what he's capable of doing while also being a father, a husband, a football player. Um, you know, knowing that he's not ever going to be able to satisfy everyone. Uh, but, you know, so, so there was another interesting thing in the article that said, um, you know, maybe maybe the the financials could be a little bit more transparent if uh, Best Buddies had listed in their uh, 990 this compensation to Brady as an administer as a uh, fundraising expense rather than, you know, kind of a, a grant. Um, and to that, again, it's kind of like, Okay, sure. If that's the way that you want to do it, and you make it, you think it's a cleaner transaction uh, for prospective critics. It doesn't change anything. Like, is that is that really what we're what we're after? Um, you know, I was thinking about. I kind of had had created this interesting hypothetical, which would have said. Um, so, actually, off, off the off the top of. Uh, of my mind, I can't think of what the signature fundraiser is for the Best Buddies. I know it's a ride. Uh, I think out on the, on the Cape, right? Oh um, yes, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a ride, right. and then so, they have an event at Harvard Stadium. Right. So what if? So what if you know Brady typically doesn't take any compensation for this event, right? We don't. We don't have this article, but you know that this this potential year, some big Boston-based company, out of GE, right? GE just moves to Boston, mm-hmm. and they say we're having a corporate event. We'll pay you a million bucks to come speak to our, you know, 2,500 employees uh, that, that have just come to Boston. And, uh, you know, and, and Brady goes back to, to best buddies and he says, hey, guys, I've got this conflict. They want to give me, you know, a, a million bucks. But I know I've, you know, I know I've done this for a bunch of years. And, and best buddy says, hey, you know what? We're not going to pay you a million bucks. We're not going to give you money to put in your pocket. We'll give you 250 grand toward your charity if that makes the decision easier for you. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. It's... <laughs> like, and now, and now, that makes Brady a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is—it's just so preposterous. Yeah, and 
Well, I, I want to. I, I think you have another letter to the editor in you. One more. <laughs> One more. I have. I probably have it in me. I don't know if I have the time to. Pen yeah. it, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll that see. was that was like spring training. That was right around spring training. The uh, the previous one. So, uh, right. But uh, but boy, you know, it's you offer you offer obviously a unique perspective and and obviously an educated perspective. The strike free foundation. Strikefreefoundation.org is where you can go. Is you got have any uh, anything you want to plug in terms of events or anything coming up? Uh, we're uh, we're in kind of the early stages of planning another wiffle ball tournament oh, for next October. Nice. So, is it in Vermont right, so again? Missed out. Yes. Yeah, it'll be up in up in Vermont at Little Fenway. So did Por- did Porcello go the last, last one? No. So. Um, you know, un- unfortunately or fortunately, the Red Sox. Oh, I mean, season. two years ago he went, right? Two years, yeah, two two years ago he he played. Uh, Rich Hill also had a team. Um, last year, I had a, I had a team of a bunch of uh, former and current big leaguer and, and minor league guys. Uh, former Red Sox Lenny DiNardo was up. Nice. He uh, he actually he 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 started the first game. Um, <laughs> he made it through four hitters, and then we had to uh, we had to call call the bullpen. Oh, really? But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? So. Because of injury or dominance? Actually, it was because of a lack of control. Uh, <laughs> so, something that has plagued him for. <laughs> he was he was the opening day pitcher for the 2006 WBC for Team Italy. So he's that's always, right. He will always right. have that. Uh, well, I will I will try to collect a media team and get up to Vermont for that great great event. So great, thank you, Rob. Uh, all right, Craig Breslow, thanks so much. My pleasure. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Welcome to History Is Us. I'm Dr. Eddie S. Glaude Jr. Join me as we journey through history to face the ugly truths at the heart of the American story. Throughout this series, we explore who we are as a nation. Listen to History Is Us, a creation and presentation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals, and John Meachin Studio. Available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.